Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Across the Pond podcast. It is Tuesday, the 16th of June 2020 and I want to welcome you to a very special podcast. Later on we'll be interviewing George Reynolds, a quarterback who's in the NFL Academy and for the GB Lions as well. If you can see my face on an awful quality of a uh, webcam, it's awful, um, you are obviously on my YouTube. But if you're listening to my voice and can't see my face, then you need to go and find my YouTube. You can find the YouTube at the Across the Pond podcast. Um, you can also go on my Instagram. I posted it on there. But like I said, if you can see my face, you are on the new YouTube channel. Um, so welcome. We'll be doing a lot more of these um, and a lot more interviews, hopefully, with some uh, amazing guests. Not like we haven't had amazing guests already on, um, but we'll be getting more guests on every week, hopefully. Uh, let's try bringing some more entertainment to you. But we've just interviewed George Reynolds. Uh, so I'll leave that at the end of the podcast um, and the end of this YouTube video because this will be the full podcast. But we still need to talk about the NFL because we love the NFL. Yeah, that's why we did, made this. Well, that's why I made this podcast. Um, for, before we start, I've got a special sponsor in this video. Uh, this is Memchin UK. Memchin is a giveaway site. They do competitions and giveaways for NFL authentic merchandise. Uh, you can win helmets that are signed. You can win shirts that are signed. Um, go follow them on Instagram at Memchon UK. That's M-E-M-T-I-O-N-U-K. Um, and you can find the exclusive Facebook group at Memchon uh, UK as well if you go on Facebook. Um, they want me to tell you that Memchon is the home of giving back to grassroots American football if you want to win some amazing prizes, they do it every single week, giveaways and competitions. So if you want to go win some stuff, go find their Instagram, see what they're about, go in some things. And if you do anything, tag me, I guess. But go follow them. They're, they support us, so we support them as well. Thank you for them for supporting us. Um, so yeah, go to Memtrum UK on Instagram. Get sorted if you haven't already. But let's move straight on into this NFL podcast. Um, there's been a little bit of news, but we're just going to keep it on the low. The first thing we're going to be talking about is Kyle Shanahan, obviously the coach who just took the 49ers to the Super Bowl. Uh, Kyle is 40 years old, so he's getting on a little bit. But for coaching standards, that's pretty young. You think about Bill Belichick, he's like 75 almost. Um, so he's, he's a young quarterback. Quarterback, young head coach, sorry. Uh, he's got a long time left um, in the NFL and he's only just started, really. You look at last year, he took the um, 49ers through an incredible season, completely changed their season around from last year, took them to the Super Bowl, sadly choked in the Super Bowl uh, again. Like he already did that in Super Bowl 51. He choked in uh, this Super Bowl as well, Super Bowl 53. In, like The third quarter, everything started to go to hell. Um, but the 49ers... They have signed him on a contract extension uh, for six more years, uh, so a long time. But they obviously believe in him, and after what he did for the organization and the franchise, taking him to that Super Bowl, which they should have should have won, in my opinion. Um, I can't blame them. Like I said, he lost Super Bowl fifty one and fifty four, choked both of them. But he got them there. He he helped the Falcons get there. He helped the forty nine. He took the forty nine ers there. Um, he's a good coach. They brought him on. They believe in him. I believe in him. This guy is great at creating offense. So if you think about the offense that he created with the 49ers, he brought uh, Jimmy Guapolo in. Obviously, Jimmy got injured, uh, hasn't been able to play, is now able to play. 
uh, this season. I think this is season, his first season back, and he took them to the Super Bowl. So, number one, Jimmy G is obviously a good quarterback uh, fit for Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan obviously knows what he's doing. He's brought in, you know, like to George Kittle. There, he's got a great running back group. Um, I'm not a 49ers fan, so I'm not going to go very deep into all the players, but they have some good players, um, and they proved it by going to the Super Bowl. Um, he, like I said, he's a, he's a good offensive guy, and with the 49ers bringing back, he's going to bring stability. But he, they want him there to win some medal, and it's simple as that. Like, they believe he can do it. Uh, why not? Why not believe he can do it? He just flipped their season around. As soon as Jimmy came back, it looked like Jimmy was going to be awful. He flipped their season around. He's brought in new people. He's brought in Jimmy uh, at the quarterback position. He's made him excel in his first season. Why not keep him on another six years? I mean, I don't think there's any 49ers fan that is sitting there with their pitchfork and a, a, a fire torch in the other hand, both hands full of weapons to go and assault the 49ers facility because then no one's going to be angry about this. No one's going to be angry about this. It's a good it's a good move for the 49ers. It's a good move for 49ers fans. You bring in someone who obviously knows how to get your team successful. Well, he's obviously proved it. He, he made them successful. 49ers fans know that this guy can win them some silverware. If you don't think he can win the team some silverware, I mean, you're getting a bit delusional because he is a good head coach. He's young in head coach terms, standards, and... He's he's explosive. He calls plays that are unexpected. He's very heavy and he makes it work. So Kyle Shanahan has been signed um, for another six years to the 49ers, whether you like it or not. That's happened. I don't think there'll be any 49ers fan who is unhappy with this. I don't, like I said, I don't see how you can be, but that's it. Kyle Shanahan signed to the 49ers. Hopefully he doesn't choke again because he's done it twice and if he chokes again, then maybe I'll give you an excuse for uh, to be angry, but if he goes to a Super Bowl and he doesn't choke, then you'll see that they made the right pick. I think it's the right pick. I hope everyone else thinks it's the right pick. But Kyle Shanahan signed to six years with the 49ers, or an extra six years. We move on now to um, number two of this podcast segment. Um, and this, once again, revolves around coronavirus. We aren't going to hear the end of the coronavirus for a very long time. Um, it's going to be relevant in football, in the world, for years to come. Um, so if you think it's over now, because you can go out to the store, you can go out and get a McDonald's, uh, you go out and get KFC, it's not It's not over. It's not over. It's not going to be over for a while. There's always going to be some sort of worry, hesitance about it coming back up and obviously um, a second wave. And the NFL has now seen a spike in cases. They had a few players get it at the start when coronavirus was coming around. Uh, and now there's more players with it. Uh, the Texans and the Cowboys have reported that multiple players from both organisations have been tested positive. One of those players is Zeke. The, you know, the guy who eats all the time. Zeke, eat, Zeke, eat. He's got it. The star running back for the Cowboys has coronavirus. His agent says uh, that Zeke is feeling good. Um, that's what's come out from his agent. The Cowboys have reported that they can't talk on anyone else uh, on anyone else because of um, safety. Uh, it's all that boring legal stuff. They can't come out and talk about um, any players, what's going on with them. So we're pretty much in the dark, but we do know that Ezekiel Elliott has uh, coronavirus. 
Uh, hopefully he's at home, he's resting, he's doing okay. He's, his agent said he's doing okay. Um, but this was expected, okay? So in May, Dr. Alan Stills is the chief NFL medical advisor. Uh, this is a quote from him. We fully expect we will have positive cases. Um, that's referencing being into the future around now. And it's proven that um, the NFL have got an issue on their hands. A lot of players have had it. There's a lot of players, if you look on social media, who are meeting up with people. I believe there was a big like house party with Cam Newton. I believe Alvin Kamara went as well. Um, I think Todd Gurley. There's a few players who went to uh, Cam Newton's place, played basketball, met up with each other, no social distancing. This is going to be expected when people do that. Um, and it's a bad image for the NFL when your players are supposed to be social distancing, set an example, and then all of a sudden multiple people have it and one of your star players, you know, one of the star faces of the NFL and of the Cowboys franchise also has coronavirus. Um, I don't know if this would slow down the process um, of opening up the NFL season, opening up stadiums, getting fans back in. Will this slow it down? Hopefully not. Hopefully because of the actions of some people, this won't sl slow down the NFL's move because they're moving forward. Practice facilities have been opened. Players can't go in just yet, but uh, coaches have been allowed in. But hopefully this doesn't slow it down. So the Cowboys have an issue on their hands. Ezekiel Elliott could be out for a while. He could miss a lot of training because of this. They might not want him back. I mean, once he gets better and their class is having him better, I think it's like a two-week uh, cool-down period before, the, before you start going out again if you have coronavirus. So that could mean he misses training camps, uh, team um, meetings, uh, anything to do with football, he could miss. Um, and that's not good for the Cowboys. Uh, it's not good for him as well. Players should be more careful. He should be more careful. The Cowboys have an issue on their hands now because of his actions. And yeah, here we go again. More coronavirus, more issues with the with the corona. Um, the only corona you should like uh, is the beer. And if you like this corona and you want to go get it, I mean, that's up to you, but you shouldn't. And especially if you play in the NFL, you should be and uh, someone who people look up to and shouldn't be going out, shouldn't be partying, and shouldn't be meeting up with loads of friends, um, especially when you're in the spotlight. But yeah, let's move on to our final NFL topic. And after this, we'll get on to um, our interview with George Reynolds. We'll move on to our final NFL topic. It's my top bets for the season. I like betting. Uh, I think many people do. It makes this, uh, the sport a lot more fun. It gives you a little bit of motivation to go and watch like the Browns and the Bengals because like you've got some money on it. Gamble responsible. Don't be stupid with gambling and you'll have fun. But if you want to have some fun, and you want to earn some money at the same time, here are my top picks. And if these don't go well, don't blame me and ask for a refund of the money you spent because never listen to a guy on the screen. That's it. Especially with someone who's got such a bad webcam like me. Um, we're going to go. I've done it in pounds of how much you should spend and how much you get out of it. Um, I brought my paper over. So the Super Bowl winners. I've got the Kansas City Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. If you put £5 on, which if you're American is $6.30, if you put $6.36 on, 
you will get, well, sorry, if you put five pound on, you will get 32 um, pound return. Uh, each one of these is a five pound bet. So we, it will be like the estimate to each one, it will be roughly the same. Um, and you earn 32 pounds. Like I said, five pounds is $6 and 30 cents. I've got to win the AFC East is the Bills. Um, the Bills surprisingly aren't the number one pick on the app for winning the AFC East. The Patriots still are. And uh, then the Bills and the Miami Dolphins. And then the Jets. The Jets come in at last. But if you put £5 on the Bills winning the AFC East, you will get a £12 return. Not a great return. However, it's some money. And the rate of the AFC it is at the moment, I don't think the Patriots will win. Even though I'm a Patriots fan, I don't think the Patriots will win. Um, the Jets won't win. The Dolphins are good contenders, so you could put some money on the Dolphins. Um, but I still think at the end of the day, it's the Bills is the only option if you want to bet on it. So put your money on the Bills. Um, don't put your money on the Patriots because it's uh, you won't get a lot out of it. And let's be honest, they probably won't win. Um, but then with the AFC West, I've gone with... Um, the Chiefs, I mean, because why not? I've literally got them as the Super Bowl winners, so why wouldn't I have them coming out of the East? The East is a weak division. They've got the Chargers. Mm-mm. They've got the Raiders. Mm-mm. They've got the Broncos. No, nope. none of them teams, to me, can't beat the Chiefs. I just don't see anyone else going into the West. I mean, it would be a miracle if a team could come out above the Chiefs in the division it would be a miracle i've got the chiefs winning the division uh and this is how likely it is the chiefs to win the division if you put five pound on you only get a pound back and like in american terms that's like a one dollar and twenty cents return um so it's nothing so what i said was hey look the chiefs are probably going to win but if you want a bet that's going to get you some money and could happen Go for the Broncos. The Broncos are nine to one on the app that I used. Um, and if you put two pounds on, which is like what two dollars and forty cents or something, if you put that much money on, you would get a twenty pound return. Now, I don't think this will happen. That's why I'm just saying, if you want, uh, I don't think this is this will happen. Just down to the fact that the Chiefs number one are so dominant, and number two, the only reason I say that is because Drew Luck could be someone to look out for. He could take them far. Could. Um, but also at the same time, you've just got to hope that Kansas City Chiefs don't do well, which is pretty hard when they brought 20 out of the 22 starters back. So you can go with the Chiefs on there and I think you'll feel pretty confident, but it's a uh, high risk and low reward situation. It's not really a high risk, high risk though, isn't it? Let's be honest. I mean, they've literally just went and smashed the season last year. The season before, they could have got to Super Bowl as well and they're probably going to go again. They'll be first in the division. But if you want, go for the Broncos. Put a little bit of money on. See if it happens. See if it works. Sports are crazy. It won't be the first time that someone's won a lot of money from a crazy bet. We go down to the NFC now and to the south uh, of the NFC. And I've got the Bucks winning uh, the division. Good bet. You put £5 on, you get 11 25 back. The Saints are put higher than the Bucks. Um, however, I still think the Bucks uh, will take it. This wasn't my original pick on one of my old podcasts. I said that the um, Saints would probably beat the Bucks and probably win out the division, have a better record. 
But just with the things that's happened with um, Drew Brees recently, I just feel like that locker room is going to take a lot to get back uh, to the camaraderie they had. Their leadership's going to lack. I just feel like they're just going to drop some games that I didn't account for. Um, I feel like the, what happened with Drew Brees really affected them. Um, and I just think that the Bucks have the best chance now. The Bucks are the people to beat in the South. The Saints could have been, but with all of this going on, I think it really changes the atmosphere in the locker room. I think it really changes the connection between the wide receivers and Drew Brees. I think this just changes the outcome of their season. Uh, it's sad to think that, but I do. So with the Bucks, £5 on, 11.25 return. Go for them. And finally, we come to our last pick, the NFL, uh, NFL NFC West. I've got the Seahawks winning this. Seahawks weren't the favourite to win. Um... This this year, however, if you put five pound on, you get sixteen twenty five back. But I think the Seahawks are the favourites to win, in my opinion, just down to the fact that they've got Russell Wilson. Their running backs are coming off uh, injury. Carlos Hyde is joining the team, so that should give them more stability in the running back position. DK Metcalf, beast. Um, Russell Wilson can make it happen with anyone. They've got Tyler Lockett. They've got still the Legion of Boom sort of remains there. Pete Carroll remains there. They're the team to beat in the NFC West. I don't see how you can debate that. I mean, probably someone can. But I think that they're the team to beat. They're the team to win the NFC West. Um, because of managed down to the fact that they've got Russell Wilson. He's a great quarterback. He makes things happen. And that guy can win. That guy can ball. Uh, he should have two Super Bowls if they just handed the ball off to Marshawn Lynch. But, oh well. But altogether, if you spend £25 on betting... And you picked all my bets, uh, apart from the Broncos one. The Broncos one was just a side one. If you picked all of them, you would get £61.25 back, uh, which is equivalent to $77.13. Obviously, you've got to work out how much um, you spent on betting in dollars. So you can convert £25 to dollars and you'll see there. But that has been the NFL side of the podcast. Now let's move on to the interview with George Reynolds. George is a quarterback for the NFL Academy. He also plays for the GB Lions and has played for the Kent Exiles. This is all in British football, by the way. So people from the States who don't have an understanding, listen carefully and you'll get to experience how British football is over here, how the sport's played. Uh, we have a nice little conversation about the academy, about the sport. And also George tells us uh, what he learned from Kirk Cousins a little bit of advice from Kirk Cousins and gives it to you as well. So I hope you enjoyed the NFL side of the podcast. I'm sorry it was so short, but it's just because I want to fit the interview in as well. And we had a long podcast last week. I will see you next week with more NFL news, um, with a longer segment. And hopefully we'll get on another guest from a different podcast as well. Fingers crossed. Uh, and it will be another great podcast. Um, before I go and we go to the interview, follow me on instagram at across the underscore pond you can find me on there that's where i'll upload whenever i upload a podcast or i'll also upload some stats some facts and news uh on the nfl as well um and if you listen to the podcast like i said at the start follow me on youtube or subscribe to me on youtube at the across the pond podcast um i'll leave that on my instagram as well if you haven't heard already but i want to thank you for listening to the nfl segment and let's get straight on to the interview with George Reynolds.
let's get straight on into the interview with George Reynolds. Okay, so joining us today is George Reynolds. George is an NFL Academy player and is a first time on the podcast. Uh, George, you played in the NFL Academy, or you're playing in the NFL Academy now. You played for the GB Lions juniors team and Kent Exiles, am I right? Yes, that's right. So when in your journey on the NFL, it's, it's not new to you. You've been following football for a while. Obviously, your father, George Reynolds, is into football himself. Pretty big star in football. So how did you start in football, what gave you the motivation to go in and be a quarterback? So, growing up uh, as a kid, I was always a fan of the NFL. I'd followed a lot of teams. I've been to some of the London games. And with my dad being very involved, he really gave me that um, insight into the sport that I just knew I loved it. So, when I got to maybe like 13 or 14, I decided that I actually wanted to play the sport myself. So I went to my dad and asked him what team would be good for me. And he recommended the Kent Exiles as he used to play for them when he was younger. So I decided to go along to a few flag practices, quite a young age group. And from there, I just worked my way up and I just knew that I loved the sport and I wanted to make sure that I went as far as I could. So when I got the opportunity for the GB Lions, I made sure I tried out. And then when the NFL Academy came along, I made sure I tried out for that as well. So it's just a great sport. And I knew I loved it from when I was young. And I, I really wish I'd started earlier. But now that I'm playing it, I love the sport. What age did you start at? I started at around 13 or 14. 13 playing 14. flag football. And was that, was that yeah. did you start playing quarterback straight away? Was that your go-to position? Or did you experience different parts of the sport? Or was quarterback your starting place? I turned up at my first practice wanting to be a receiver, actually. Okay. So I went down to a flag practice and um, they put me a receiver and I was running routes like the rest of the kids. And it wasn't until maybe a few practices later that our starting quarterback wasn't going to be available for our game. So they tried out a few guys at quarterback and I realized I could actually throw quite well and I wanted to play that position. And growing up when I was younger, I'd always looked to the quarterback position as the one I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. But as I started, it just seemed right to, as most kids want to be, they, they start off out as a receiver and then see what feels best for them. Yeah, exactly. Well, so not only have you played quarterback from a young age, but then you've now gone to be successful being quarterback. You joined the NFL Academy. So from what I've gathered online, the NFL Academy is a bunch of kids from the UK and Europe, I believe some as well, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah from uh, Europe as well tryouts, make the team, and it's your shot at going to the NFL without being in the US, obviously, because the majority of NFL players are from the US, small majority from Canada, and then a few from other places in the world, but majority is from the US. Not many people get the opportunity to go to the NFL from the UK, but the NFL Academy is giving the opportunity for people in Britain and Europe to go to the NFL, uh, the NFL from the UK. So explain a bit what it's about and what 
the program can offer to people? Yeah, so the NFL Academy really is trying to replicate what Americans get in high schools over in the US because a lot of times in the UK, teams train, like club teams train once a week, maybe twice. And that's a low, low number of like practices for if we want to get better and go over to the States. And the NFL Academy really offers an opportunity for us to practice three times a week with the best competition from around Europe. We've got linebackers from Switzerland and receivers from Germany. So it's a great opportunity just to experience how hardworking you have to be if you want to play college football or even high school football. And it really sets you in the path to get there where you know how, how much you have to train, how much gym work there is. And it really just shows what dedication you have to put into the sport. So we're looking on their Instagram. It, it, it looks really professional. They've got all the videos going out. And the one video that I found on there was a video of you and a few of the boys um, going over to the Pro Bowl. So you went yeah. over to the Pro Bowl and you, um, you met some players. But players have also been to the academy right uh obj came said hello yeah so Juju Smith yeah, we've had, as well. um, yeah we've had a lot of players come over and that's another great opportunity for us because being from the uk we really idolize these players that we see in the nfl and they're who we want to be in effect so when one of them comes down or a few of them come down like obj or juju it really shows that we are being recognized and we can make a difference, like we can actually get to the States. So it really influences us to keep working and try hard to get over there. But you, was, you were the first, uh, first selection for the first time in the NFL Academy, am I right? You're one of the first yes. people to get in. So obviously, at the moment, it, it's young, it's not very established as like it will be in future generations. But for so far, what have you got from the NFL Academy? You know, what is it giving you? Yeah, it's just, um, I feel like it's an opportunity I didn't get anywhere else in British football because I'm now getting to train three times a week where it's 11 aside practices every, like, every week on top of each other going against the best athletes I've ever played against. And it really just gives me that opportunity to get better with such high-level coaching. And I just know that this will help me get to the States, which is my ultimate goal. As obviously, Brit Ball is seven versus seven at junior level as well, isn't it? So obviously, you don't get the the same experience as someone who was who's playing high school or starts at Pee Wee, you know, goes up into the juniors, goes into high school, and then college, etc. It's gives an, giving a platform to people who don't have a platform originally. So Brit Ball, it's very small. There's not the same amount of competition, and also the games aren't the same. So, like I said, when you join the NFL Academy, it's a good thing, but. What is it like in the locker room between you and the boys? Like, is it a special bond? Is it, we can go further with this. How do you feel with the people around you, the coaches around you? How is it? Yeah, it's a great bond between us because we know that we are the first class of the NFL Academy and it really gives us something to work to because we know what, like, we are the first class and we have to prove that this will work and bringing in, uh, talent from all across Europe and the best players from the UK and training them to be better than we've ever been because it, we have such high-level coaching and such high-level competition that this really proves what we can make out of ourselves and the camaraderie between the teammates is 
better than any locker room I've been in before. We work so well as a team. And even though we've only been together a year, we've grown some really good bonds. And I know if we went out against another team in a game, we'd fight together and we'd come out with wins, especially playing against unis here or American high schools even. Well, you mentioned being the first selection, first draft selection, if you want to call it that. Does that have a bit of pressure on your back? Does that make it harder to go out there and perform when you've got that pressure of if we don't make it, this, this uh, organisation might not go on in the future? I think there is a little bit of pressure there, knowing that we are the first uh, class, if you like to say, and all eyes are on us to, make, uh, to see what we do with it. But I think that's good pressure because it really makes me want to succeed and make, want to get to America because I know I can do it. And if I can do that, I can inspire other kids in the UK to try out for the academy and see if they can make it. And I really, I take that pressure on and that pressure with those four quarterbacks this year and that, that competition, I take that pressure and I make sure that I'm training my best every day I go out there so that I can succeed in future. So you've made it there. Any advice to people who want to join the NFL Academy, people who are looking to join it, think it's a good idea. What is the advice you'd give being one of the first people to be selected into the Academy? I think it's just make sure you know you have to be very hardworking. So going into the Academy, you have to know that you are going to be put to the test and it's going to be a different level of football and a different level of physicality. So going into the trials, if you want to get into the Academy, you have to make sure you're smart and you're physical and you're fast. It's just, you have to know that when you get there, it's going to be a different level. And it's a great opportunity. And if you want to make, if your dreams are going to America to play college, then you have to try out for this. It's the best way to get to America at the moment. You, you want to go to America, am I right in saying that? And play in college football? Yeah, that's my goal. I want to play in college football. And then go on to the next one. stage as well into the NFL. So yeah, how- that's, that's the goal. How are you preparing yourself to get there? Obviously, you're going to the NFL Academy. You said you're training three times a week. I bet you're training by yourself, personal training as well. But yep, I train every week. Uh, what, every what's other your day. goal to? How do you get there? What's the step that you need to take to get there? Because obviously, not many people have done it. What is your step to get from the UK to college? Not only do you train hard, but what is the everything in between the training? Yeah, so it's all about trying to find exposure because it's very easy for high school athletes in America to get noticed because scouts can come down to their games and stuff. For us, where it's, we're in such a situation where we are abroad and we, are, we aren't what normal scouts would look for. So knowing we are different, we have to find a way of making ourselves stand out, whether that's for a good highlight reel. And then you have to make sure you are sending that out to coaches every day so that they can see it and that, that just leads on to the next steps where you build relationships with coaches and players from other schools and then they can start to offer you. That's, that's the goal. And you have to make sure you're on top of the recruitment process every day. With it, the people out there in the States, they're tough guys. Obviously, it's competition each time. There's, there's thousands of kids out there in the US. You've got to make yourself stand out. So like you said, by sending tape over, et cetera. Have you built any connections over there in the US with any coaches, with any teams? You know, have you got anything that you've sort of built from sending out tape? Um, so, yeah, I've had a recent opportunity that has really been a breakthrough for me in recruitment. So one of the top recruiters in 
uh, America, Tom Lemming, who he studies the best recruits in high school football. He gave me a phone call the other day and told me that he was going to be using me in, the, in his summer publishment, which goes out to every college in America. And I feel like these sort of breakthroughs are really good for me because it, it gets my film out there. It will get me more exposure. And that means I can have better relationships with coaches in the future. And hopefully that leads to some Division One offers. Exactly. If you've been scouted by one of the best who scouts high school, I mean, that's something to be proud of. Did the phone call go well with him then? Did it seem like you're on the right track to get into the States? Definitely. It seemed very good. He was very impressed with my tape. And he said he would include me in the magazine for the top players in the States. So I feel that it's a good step forward for me, knowing that I can send this film off to coaches. So the final thing about the NFL Academy and where you've got, obviously you played with the GB line. So you've also learned from some good coaches and Kent Exiles, you've been playing there as well. So you've had a lot of opportunity to develop the sport, develop your position at quarterback. But what has the NFL Academy taught you about being a quarterback, about being a player that you've never learned anywhere else? Something exclusive that you just got from being in the academy. So growing up, I was coached by Zach Ritchie at the Kent Exiles. And he taught me a lot about how to be a quarterback in the sense of how to throw the ball well, how your mechanics work, footwork and stuff like that. And that really developed me in the sense that I was able to then go out on the field and make the throws. But going into the NFL Academy, I, I began to get coached by a coach, Jerome Allen. And he taught me about how to play 11-a-side football and how to actually be a smart football player. And that really took my game forward another step because I understand when I step on the field what the defense are going to do and what I do to counter that basically and going into the academy it really taught me how to be an actual football player and that it's not just with your body that you make plays it's with your mind and you can beat teams just by being smart and going into the academy knowing that I would get that sort of coaching it really set me on a path to be at the level I need to be at to go to college football because I know I can then be as smart as the smartest players in America. It's a, it's the sport is a mind game. The position is a mind game. You look at quarterbacks like Tom Brady. He doesn't, he doesn't run like Lamar Jackson, but the way he plays is with his mind. And if you can develop your, your mind and you can develop your leadership, you can definitely take the sport to a new level being a quarterback. So it's obviously something you're looking to do, except going to uh, the NCAA, potentially Division One, and then hopefully trying to move on to the NFL as well. Definitely. Yeah, so, so we talked about the NFL Academy and we're talking about uh, the GB Lions and your time at the Kent Exiles. And what a lot of people aren't used to is Britball. A lot of my viewers are from the US and obviously no one really knows about Britball. It's not as exposed as anything out there in the US is. You can explain to me, because you've had more experience out in Britball than me, what is Britball and what is it all about? So Britball is really a way for fans in the UK and people who have grown up loving the sport to get involved. And that, that goes across all age groups. So it starts off at flag, which is ages from as young as like seven or eight to up to 13 or 14. And it just, like where we have less experience with the sport, it really helps you develop. Like flag, it, it's a small step into the sport before you go into contact five aside. And then you go into juniors, which is nine aside. And it really, it really helps you develop. So Britball is a way of getting fans to play the sport while also helping them develop so they can be the best players they are. And obviously, football isn't as established, like I said, as, as anything in the US, but it's unique, right? You're, 
seven lads on the field against another seven lads on the field. You're close knit. You train two times a week. We when I play, we train two times a week. Is it the same for you? Two times uh, a week. I only trained. I trained two times a week, which was one with uh, my junior team and one with the senior team on the weekends. Oh, so it was only one for each, was it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we we had we had two, but so it's it's very limited. But the bonds you build there last a lifetime. You meet people there that you you'll forever be in contact with. What is something that you've learned from Bitball? aside from anything you learn in the academy that you will take on with you in life and something that if people want to join BitBall that they can expect to find in BitBall? I think really for me, it was just being developed as quarterback because going in, I was a, I was a fan. I knew what the sport was about, but I never really knew how to play because I hadn't had that exposure from a young age. So when I went into it, I took the opportunities at every level, whether that was youth playing five-a-side up to nine-a-side and even at GB football, I took each opportunity as a way to develop with my coaches telling me reads and plays and how they would work against defenses, even if that was limited. So when I played at nine side, most defenses would be cover one man defenses at most cover two. So it really was limited reads, but it was something that I wasn't used to before. So being able to learn that, even though it was at slow steps, it really brought me up to the stage where I'm at now, where I can learn that the academy to go even more advanced. And you also, like I said, we mentioned you played with the GB Lions as well. So that's where they get the best players from, football around the country for the juniors level that you were in. Bring them together and you go abroad, you play against, uh, I think you played against France, haven't you? I played against France, the Netherlands and Norway. And there was a three game stretch, wasn't it? Uh, about a yeah. year ago, I think it was. Um, when you're going against these people from different countries, what have you noticed from places around the world? How advanced are, is football in Europe? I think it's a lot more advanced than people think it is. And there are the bases that could lead to teams being very good. And I saw in a lot of teams, very good athletes. I went, like when I played against the Netherlands, I played against two cornerbacks who are at D1 colleges now. So there is that talent in the UK and around Europe that can make it to colleges in America. And I feel like we are developed. We are developing as like a country and um, in Europe in football. So each teams are getting better. Their playbooks are getting more advanced. And I think overall competition and the development of players is getting a lot higher in standard. What can people in Europe, not just the people, what can the teams in Europe do to actually get out there and be better and, create something of the league more than just a, a low-key thing? How can the whole league get noticed? I think it's a lot about uh, repetition. And it's not about having the most complex playbook, but it's about performing well and being physical. And if you train like three or four times a week, like the academy does, you're always going to improve. Like from this year, we had players that hadn't even played football before. And at the end of the season, they're making big plays. So it's really about the repetition. I think teams in Europe can take that on board and train more times a week and play with more, not more complex playbooks, but playbooks that they know will work when they step into games. Even if that's only 10 plays that they understand will work, as long as they know why they work. I think it's about teaching the players. If you teach the players how to be smart football players and play the game well, then they will take that and develop that and they can become better football players. And then the standard around Europe becomes better as players know what they're doing more. 
Well, you mentioned about the NFL Academy before, but then you just told me something that I didn't know. People came into the NFL Academy with zero experience of football. No idea how to play the game. Oh, there we are. Okay. Uh, no idea to play the game. Um, no experience. No idea on the rules. How did, they, how did they find it? And what about them was different? Because obviously, if you've got a lot of people like yourself who played with the GB Lions, Kent Exiles before coming to the NFL Academy, how can someone like that go in there, stand out and show people that, hey, I can be here as well? Yeah, well, the NFL Academy offered the opportunity for not just football players, but athletes across Europe. So about 35 of our 80 to 90 stu uh, student athletes were players who had never performed in football before. So that ranged from sprinters to rugby players to just athletes or we had a swimmer even on the team and it was really about having them learn the game at the same rate as us and getting them up to speed because if you teach the best athlete how to play football they can be better than an average athlete who knows how to play football it's really it really op offered an opportunity for these guys to come in try a new sport and even excel at it some of our best players weren't football players at the start of this year it's, that's actually crazy to think. But you think about in the US, you've got people who go to the NFL, the NBA, who played uh, basketball. A lot of uh, NFL players play basketball. Um, a lot of uh, NBA players have played football as well. You think about LeBron James as a star tight end as well. So you can get them athletes yeah. in there. It's not all about, like you said, it's not all about knowing the sports, but people who are athletic and have the right mindset, they can go in there and they can, they can shine. Like you said, a swimmer even went in there. Nothing to do with something on the ground that's in water, but he still went out there yeah. and performed. And I, I found that that's, that's, that's crazy to me that they managed to do it, but respect to them, it's props to where it is. Um, have you got any good stories about BritBall, about your time in it? Just something that stands out to you that people might not expect? I think um, one of my, my first year playing uh, youth football, which was five-a-side, I had nerves going into my first time playing kids' football and our team performed very well. We ended up getting to the national finals and that was such a great year for me because it really, it really set me on a path. Like I knew where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. And I, I was with such great teammates. We had good offense, good defense. And going into every game, it was, it was so much fun being able to play brick ball with my, with my best friends and we went in, we got to the national finals, we competed. Like That was such a great experience for me, being able to travel up and play against the best teams in the country. And really, that just gave me the experience of playing competitive football. Well, hopefully you can play competitive football at the highest level one day in the NFL. But a little bit of a fantasy question for you. If you were to get into the NFL, um, what team would you want to play for? And is there a particular coach or player that you'd like to be with? I feel like um, the team I would like to be play for is the Colts. They're my favourite team, so okay. I'd, love, I'd love to be on that team. You've got that Philip Rivers look going on as well, so maybe you could. Yeah, yeah I hope so. And um, I feel like players is like, you always want a good O-line in front of you. And playing for the Colts, you'd have Quentin Nelson, who's the yeah, best exactly. guard in the, the league. Someone like that protecting for you. But if I had to play, for one, uh, play with one player, would be for me DeAndre Hopkins he's a standout wide receiver and he could literally make me look like the best quarterback in the league 
No, exactly. He's one, he's one of the best. He's moved to the Cardinals, so I mean, you'd have a tough time getting him over to the Colts. Yeah. So I don't know how you would yeah. sway your way and get him get him over there because yeah. it's not going to be easy to sway. But mate, I've really enjoyed having you on the podcast and talking about the NFL Academy, talking about football, and talking about your life. Is there anything you want to say to the listeners before you go about the sport, about any motivation, any leadership? I feel like it's just something I got told by um, Kirk Cousins at the Pro Bowl. And it's if you want your dreams, you can work for them and you will make it if you work hard enough. And that's just something that stuck with me since I met, since I met him and since he told me that. And it really, it really just translates to everything you do in everyday life. If you want to go into a practice and you know you want to be the first string quarterback, you just have to compete every day. And if you want to be the next guy to go to the NFL from Europe, it's just taking the steps and competing every day and developing as a player. And I feel like NFL Academy for me has been a big step in that. So I think that's a good piece of motivation for me and I hope it works for others. But just knowing that every day I can work towards my dream. And if I don't make it, it's been a great trip along the way. Yeah, exactly. Met some great people and you had a great time doing yeah, it. definitely. So you can't have any complaints about that, right? Definitely not. No, I uh, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. Hopefully, we get to have you on here again when you a little bit later on into your NFL Academy career and you can talk a bit more about what you've learned about going to college. Fingers crossed, you'll get into that Division One school and you'll be able to talk about that as well. It's been amazing you having you on the podcast, and I really appreciate you coming on, mate. Definitely. Thank you for having me on. And for everyone out there, you can find George Reynolds on Instagram. As you can get, uh, go on Instagram, your Instagram is George underscore Reynolds10. So find me on there. And then you, you, got any, you haven't got any clips on your Instagram, have you? No, but I've got them on my Twitter, which is George Reynolds underscore. There we are. So clips on there as well if you want to see what George has been up to. Mate, I've really had a privilege having you on and I appreciate everything you do for the sport over Thank here you. in the UK and I hope you have success in the NFL Academy as well. Thank you. Thank you very much, mate. So there we have it. That's the interview with George and sadly that is the end of this week's podcast. Hopefully we'll get someone on next week as well. Another guest. Fingers crossed we can get someone and talk more football. Um, but I really enjoyed doing this podcast. Thank you for the, all the support on the podcast recently. Um, if you want to help support me, um, go over to my YouTube, The Across the Pond Podcast. Uh, go over, subscribe, like, comment. We'll be uploading on there as well. Uh, everything helps. So just by subscribing, just by liking, just by watching a video, it helps me so much. Uh, and if you enjoy what I do, you can also go to my Instagram page uh, at across the underscore pond. Uh, you follow me on there. Make sure you go follow George as well on his uh, Twitter and on Instagram. Um, I'll leave my ads on my Instagram as well. Uh, the ads for George show on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, I'll see you in the next episode of the Across the Pond podcast next week.